Hey, it's Katherine Rayberg. Welcome back to part two of the NACRO Dialogue on Diversity with our NACRO co-presidents and Edward from Auburn and of course, Tony. Um, we're so excited to have you back. And now we'll give a little bit of time to Megan and Kim to introduce themselves and talk through the initiatives from the leadership level that are going on within NACRO around diversity. So I'll send it over to Kim. Sure. Hi, I'm Kimberly Jacobs, as uh, Catherine mentioned, co-president of NACRO, but I also am the director of engineering extension and outreach at the University of Florida. Um, and I'll let Megan introduce herself and then perhaps we'll kick things off and talk a little bit about some of the initiatives that we've got going on. So Megan. Absolutely. So Megan Pusey, I'm a director of corporate relations at the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, in the same office as Catherine. So pleased to be here today. And as Kim said, co-president of NACRO this year and looking forward to the conversation. So get, yeah, get started. It would be really interesting. We talked really in part one with Edward a little bit about the value that NACRO is driving as a brand new member. He just joined a few months ago. Um, would love to get a little bit peek behind the curtain. Um, we have an amazing volunteer board of directors that are really driving some amazing initiatives around diversity, equity, and inclusion. So maybe just kind of talk us through some work that's being done and um, just ways that we're kind of driving this, this work. I think there's there's two parts of how NACRO is trying to make sure we incorporate and weave in a lot of these conversations around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, the first is focused on how do we provide support to our members from a professional development standpoint. We know that there are a number of different programs that our members are participating in or leading within their institutions that address these very issues. And so identifying best practices learning from one another about how uh, folks are building networks and um, you know, communities around the corporate interest in their respective areas around diversity has certainly been a topic of interest. And so we've had webinars and other types of professional development seminars that highlight and showcase some of that best in class diversity, equity, and inclusion work that's happening in our corporate relations offices at universities across the, across the nation and beyond. And so that's one part of it, right? That's that external component. But as important as that work is, I think the other work that we have been trying to do as an organization, and I think this actually predates 2020, um, is really trying to look at as an organization, how do we better reflect the diversity of persons in our country, in the workforce, et cetera, within our own organization. And so um, years ago, we've been doing a member survey at NACRO amongst all of our members since 2012, I think we started doing that, but yet we never had asked questions around demographics. So being able to understand how does our profession measure in terms of providing equitable pay on the basis of gender, race, ethnicity. So several years ago, we actually incorporated a number of those demographic questions so that we could better understand the landscape within our profession and our field. So that was a small step that happened years ago, but we've built on that since then and begun to take a much more reflective look at how do we attract, how do we make our members feel included? Um, because diversity is diversity, right? A person is or they are not, if we're looking at race and ethnicity or even sexual orientation or gender, you, you, know, you are or you are not one of these things. Diversity is counting. Inclusion is the part that matters. Inclusion is the part that we as an organization wanna make sure 
we're thinking about because we can go out and we can recruit and we can and do all of that. But if when people show up at the table, they don't feel like they're in a place where they can be their authentic, like they feel welcomed and included, then it's all for naught. And so I think a big part of what we are trying to look at as an organization is how do we make sure we're not just doing the diversity work, but we're also doing the equity and the inclusion work. And so that means that we have set some goals and, and targets for things that we're going to do as an organization that address those in each of our standing committees. And so, Megan, I don't know if you want to kind of build on that and talk about some of the things that the specific committees have done, yeah. but that's kind of a framework for how we're approaching some of this. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the uh, what, what Kim said about this isn't, we just didn't start this in 2020. Uh, and, you know, in, in the the summer of 2020, when we took over as, as presidents, this has been something that NACRO has been working on for a long time. But just to set the stage a little bit for those that are maybe listening that are newer to NACRO, when NACRO started, it was basically only available for R1 kind of institutions. So recognizing that that can leave out subsets of folks that could be in our or tangentially related to our, you know, our job roles and our workspace. So um, over the past five years or so, since we had a new strategic plan, we've opened up and we've allowed, you know, for more of that. Uh, more diversity of thought, I should say, and getting our members um, from different places and different organizations and different types of roles within those organizations. Again, we started out with R1s doing a certain percentage of corporate relations work. And that I think what we have discovered was a little bit too narrow for what we wanted to accomplish as NACRO. So with that history, knowing that when we were going into our planning for our year, um, that we wanted to make sure that each standing committee, as Kim mentioned, had a goal related to diversity, equity, and inclusion, just because we knew that it was something that needed to be not just not just something that people were talking about in their committees, but we needed to make sure that it was something we could have some metrics towards. So Kim already kind of mentioned benchmarking and what some of the things they did with their annual survey, but making sure we have those kinds of questions and results behind and data analytics behind those questions. Uh, moving forward, our marketing committee obviously is making sure that the things that we send out and that we put out into the universe are things that make people feel welcome from every kind of aspect of their job or their role within their universities and within NACRO. Um, our conference and conference programming obviously wants to make sure there's content that's relevant to everyone, but also content that's focused in these areas like the, like, you know, best practices within your universities that you're doing towards DEI goals. Um, professional development, again, very similar to conference, making sure the webinars, the meetups, the conversations we're putting out there and inviting people to are valuable and have certain, um, the right kind of speakers and the right kind of conversations. And then I just, I kind of left membership and alliances for last because they've taken on a, a, you know, a hefty goal towards, you know, including new members, growing our membership, retaining our membership towards, um, you know, member outreach, making sure we're, we're reaching out to those new kinds of universities that maybe we haven't before and different roles again within those universities. In addition to just the, 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 the various content pieces that we're putting out there. Thank you. I think that's really helpful. I love the historical review of, you know, kind of where NACRO came from and where NACRO is going. And Kim, it was also really interesting to hear about kind of the, the overall strategic framework. And then Megan brought us down to the committee level. And so it's just amazing to see that this organization really is working from top down and all across and in, in all committees and prioritizing diversity, equity and inclusion. Um, Edward, we didn't get a chance to ask you in our part one segment, but I don't know if you got a chance to attend boot camp yet at NACRO. No, I haven't. I okay. Haven't. Okay. Well, this, is, 
This is, um, I, I consider kind of one of the big things that really puts NACRO on the map because we are the go-to place. If you're launching a new career in corporate relations is to um, jump in and attend a boot camp, And they offer them two times per year, right around our midwinter leadership conference. And then during our annual um, NACRO conference this year, it's going to be just like a, a week or two ahead of it. Um, but I could see that being a really good place to make our our mark on bringing in more diverse, um, you know, members of NACRO that are looking to make this transition into corporate relations. Uh, Edward, you had mentioned in part one that companies now more than ever are willing to have these conversations. So we might find that um, corporate relations professionals are kind of eager to get more professional development or make a transition to this career. Um, for me, coming from industry, Boot camp was the first thing Megan said I had to do, and it really helped me make that transition. So if NACRO can kind of become known, I think we already are, but even elevate that, our role is the go-to place to start a career in corporate relations. I think that ties into membership growth, and it ties into a, a stronger representation of all the different types of folks that hold this profession. So Kim and yeah, Megan, I'll, and yeah, Tony, jump in. No, real quick, Catherine, I just want to say I really agree with that because I came out of the financial services industry. So I'm, I've only been in higher ed since 2018. And I went to the, the, the boot camp and the conference in Pittsburgh, which I think was our last conference before COVID. And I really was able to kind of get the crash course on what's going on. And, and I, felt, I felt very comfortable taking the skills that I had built over 30 years in another industry, but applying it with the right kind of uh, structure framework. I also think that it's interesting that maybe the boot camp itself, um, I'm even thinking, how do we offer that to other advancement officers that are just thinking about getting into corporate? They may not be corporate relations professionals today. And that helps not on, that helps from an overall perspective, not just diversity, but it would be a nice way. For example, Edward's uh, career trajectory has been because of the other things that he did, it, it prepared him to go into corporate relations. And so how do we begin to market ourselves across university fund development or advancement teams to say, hey, this is a real viable and needed aspect of the overall advancement strategy of a university. Come to a boot camp, learn more about it. And if an opportunity comes up, it's a career move, it's a career opportunity, career move. All companies are all many colleges are recruiting more corporate relations professionals. So so that might be an interesting strategy for our 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 our, our co-presidents to adopt and 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 see how we can make that work. I definitely think that um, boot camp is such a wonderful welcome to NACRO, and it's a place where we get to orient um, a number of professionals entering the field. And so, one of the things that I think we are looking at is with that phenomenal response, uh, you know, opportunity to be that platform also comes a certain degree of responsibility. So how do we use the fact that we have really valued curriculum to make sure that we're weaving in the importance of how to have effective conversations around issues related to diversity, equity, and inclusion? Are we providing people with the resources to understand how diversity, equity, and inclusion, I think um, in the first part of this podcast, one of the things that we talked about was the return on investment and the business case for why these, th these things are so important. And you know, ultimately we're all in corporate relations at our academic institutions. 
And part of what our responsibility is and part of why we exist is because we are helping to drive economic growth and prosperity in the communities that we serve and with the industry that we work with. And so we know there is a, a plethora of research out there that shows us Diverse teams equal more innovative teams, which drives product development, which drives entrepreneurship, which drives startups and economic growth. So we know that to be true. How do we make sure that development and um, corporate relations professionals that are coming through a NACRO boot camp understand the value proposition that comes with having an inclusive and diverse team of students, of professionals in the field, and, and how can we make sure that we're bringing that into our daily lives and into our daily work? So I think that there's a real natural opportunity for NACRO to think critically about is the way that we're delivering the content that we offer, driving home those messages? Are we providing the resources that our members need in order to be able to have those kinds of conversations to articulate and to identify maybe where we're falling short in those areas? Because I think we all know that there's an imperative from a business standpoint to have diverse and, and inclusive environments and cultures in the places that we work and in, within the companies that we're trying to partner with. Um, but there's also a moral imperative there, right? I think Best Company just wrote a piece about why the business case doesn't work. Maybe it's because the business case, you know, has been out there for a long time and yet the results haven't always proven fruitful. So absent the business case being able to make that change, perhaps the moral imperative is there. And perhaps organizations like NACRO, organizations like you know, Case, Autumn, et cetera, we have a moral imperative to think about how the work that we do can play a role in addressing these issues in society. And so I think that's part of where we as an organization need to be um, focusing our energies. I think the conversation we had a little bit earlier with Edward about in part one about these other kinds of organizations. And I think that, you know, we have a committee that's dedicated to that with our alliances, but I think that there's definitely potential for growth in that space to make sure that we're, we're partnering with those correct organizations and the ones that can really, you know, make sure that we have good benefits back and forth. Like we can help them, you know, they can help us and make sure that we're all talking about the, the same things and the right things. So I think that's a really interesting aspect of it. And I think we can definitely work in that space a little bit, a little bit more too. Kimberly, I want to uh, go back to something you just mentioned when you talked about the ROI. I think that's so important. And I, and I think uh, bootcamp could also be a great opportunity to help professionals learn how to articulate the ROI uh, for our corporate partners. I think sometimes corporations, they see folks like us coming and they think, okay, they want us to write a check for a scholarship. But I think being able to have a conversation about why the scholarship is important because it, it creates support and access for underrepresented students, students who have financial need, which means that they can come into our universities, change their career trajectory, quality of life for their communities themselves. And then, you know, we have developed the student into a prospective employee for that organization, right? And it all starts with what, what seems like just a simple scholarship and we're just writing a check because it feels good and it's the right thing to do. But there's a complete process, a, a complete journey that starts with that gift. And so I think having the skill to articulate why that is important, scholarships, the, you know, programmatic support, et cetera, the research support. 
Well, and, you know, putting on my professional cap and a little less of the macro cap, you know, I work at the University of Florida and I'm embedded in the College of Engineering. Diversity is a huge challenge for engineering, right? Look across the spectrum. It's yeah. not nearly um, the right representation amongst our African-American, Black community, Hispanic, Latino uh, communities, or our female communities, right? So there, there's, there's a wide array of diversity challenges facing engineering as a profession. And every single day, the companies that come to engage with us know that this is a problem. And they're looking for universities to be a place where solutions can be found or facilitated or, or germinated, right? Like this is where that intersection can be a real opportunity. And so I have to be fluent in being able to have conversations about this in my day job. And so how can NACRO help me develop that fluency? And I'll be really honest, the economic development piece of things was a part of the language that I needed to learn. And I learned that from some of my peers at NACRO. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when you start talking to some of the more seasoned professionals who've been involved with NACRO for a long time, they are in that space. They are operating as economic development agents for their organization, their academic institution and the communities that they reside in. Um, and so when they are able to help provide that mentoring and that coaching and that explanation of, here's how you really wanna hone in on some of these core messages. And this is why this is so important. Um, that's stuff that I get because I have a network that I found at, NAC at NACRO. And there's individuals who came before me who have figured out how to have those conversations. And so how can I learn from them? Um, and so I, I think that that's one of the things, how do we do a better job of making sure everybody's tapping into the wealth of resources that the network provides? Yeah. Well, I think one of the ways you guys have done that, um, at least has been my experience, is getting people to take on, giving up a little bit of time and, and talent to be on a committee because it's one thing to go to the, to the, the conference was another thing to kind of build relationships. So I, I'm on one of the committees. Thank you guys for assigning me to, to one of the committees. And I've been able to meet folks like Catherine and others, and we're starting to build a professional camaraderie as well. So I know that I can pick up the phone and, and now I can pick up the phone and call Edward and bounce an idea off him or Catherine or any one of you. And so I think the personal relationships uh, that become part of your, your network, your kitchen cabinet, if you will, so that you've got some folks you can depend on to bounce an idea. And certainly we, we're kind of collaborative competitors because we're all calling on the same companies, but I think the world is big enough and the pocketbooks are big enough that we can still share ideas and, and the like. Um, so I think that's a very valuable aspect of, of NACRO in and of itself. And the more I get into it, because my first year I just went to the conference and I was like, okay, I read a couple of white papers on the, on the website, but now I'm kind of really engaged. And so um, being part of a, a team to try to solve some problems, I'm also building relationships that can help me day to day as I'm trying to hit my goals here at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland, Ohio. And I think one of the reasons we really encourage everyone at first thing at boot camp, here's our committees, please, you know, please volunteer. When you go to conference, here's, you know, here's the committees, please sign up. We, we, we do that because we want to have a pipeline of talent within NACRO that shows the diversity of thought, the diversity of, and everything that we want to have, we want within that pipeline to make sure our leaders have 
um, you know, the best skills that we can have for the organization. So I think that's really important, Tony. And I want to, you know, since we're on a podcast and people are listening, if you're not currently a, a volunteer, please do please go to our website and sign up because, uh, you know, there's just an enrichment of your career, of your NACRO experience by being part of the committees and ultimately maybe becoming part of our board and our leadership because, um, it's an all volunteer organization. So we count on all of you. We count on everyone on this call, you know, to, to put their time and their efforts and their, their love into the organization. So I think that's a, that's a really great point and want to encourage people to do that and make sure that we have just the best pipeline of talent we can have to, to make sure NACRO continues with its um, success on content and content delivery and best practices and professional development. Thank you so much. Wow. That was a fun, fast 48 minutes between our two segments here. Hopefully just the right amount of time that we kept your attention. We thank you so much for joining the NACRO Dialogue on Diversity. Thank you to Edward and Megan and Kim and Tony. Um, Great conversation. And we look forward to chatting with you next time.